We're joined now on Sports Talk by Alex Grizz-Wiley. Mr. Wiley, great to have you on the program. Always good to catch up. I trust you're well, and you're still kicking up a storm in North Canterbury. Well, not so much North Canterbury now that we're up in the Picton area. So, uh, and there's certainly been a bit of a storm up there with, over the weekend. So you've moved up to Picton away from your beloved Glenmark. Alex, are you OK? Have you handed your passport in? <laughs> yeah, just about needed to come back again, but not quite. We've got a really interesting test match coming up this weekend. It's the first test match in, what is it, six years, I think, in Canterbury as the Argentines are coming to take on the All Blacks. That's a long time between drinks, but I suppose when you look at the state of the ground down there, you can understand why it's taken so long, or is that not a great excuse, do you think? Oh, no, I don't. Well, no, it's not a great excuse. I think it's poor management as far as the city council is concerned that a new stadium hasn't been built. That's the disappointing part by most Canterbury people, I would say. But uh, so, therefore, you can't, ex- if you haven't got a uh, stadium that's got a decent capacity, you can't expect to get games. What are you expecting from this fixture? We've got an Argentine team that you used to coach that's gone on in leaps and bounds of recent times. They're really starting to improve their play. Will this stop dead up against this all-black side that have finally rediscovered how to play rugby again after a, a pretty torrid few test matches? Oh, I think what you've got to look at, and you know, the All Blacks back on, on home soil, they should be rearing to go, and I'm, I'm certain I'll be wanting to prove a point that uh, there was a bit of a lapse there for a while, that they can get back on top and do things well. What have you seen in this All Black team and the way they've improved? Because it has been a wobbly old time. Has there been anything that stood out for you as a former coach? Oh, no, I, I think, you know, the big thing that you've got to look at and say that the last two years have been pretty disruptive in lots of ways because there hasn't been that consistency of getting games, whether it's been the local games being put off and or, or not being able to have the international games that we wanted or they wanted. So, you know, hopefully from now on it's going to be pretty smooth going and everything will fall into place. Difficult for, for Ian Foster. He's been under the pump. I'm, I'm, all coaches, I'm sure, have experienced that. You would have done as well at, at some stage. think he's handled himself okay, Grizz? Oh, look, you know, the thing is that that, uh, you've got to look ahead and say, yeah, everyone has their ups and downs. And sometimes the downs last a bit longer than getting back up again. But uh, I think what they did is went past expectations in lots of ways in in, uh, Joburg when they won that game uh, because it's not easy there. And they did it pretty well. So now we just hope that it keeps going in that direction. But did you see notice anything particularly in the way they changed their play, their style of play, or their, their selection of players that really said to you they've they've turned a corner and they're they're moving now to a to a better space? Oh look, I mean, it, it, I don't think you can always put it down to one player. Although uh, you could possibly say that in some ways that there's more direction, but uh, it's a matter of combination of things. I think your forward sort of got binding and, and driving a lot better, uh, gave the backs better better ball, and uh, to be fair, Moanga made a fair difference at first five. He did, and I suppose it's different when you've got a different pack. I mean, you can only control what you can control depending on what the pack does for you, but he has looked very comfortable in that position and he finds himself in that role again. Uh, Bowden Barrett is injured, but do you think that maybe that Bowden would have had a chance to, to climb into that role regardless of injury? Oh, I don't think, you know, after having a win like that, I don't think you'd want to change the team too much if it went wrong after making changes, then you'd, you'd have your head really on the block. But if it still doesn't go right completely the way it is, then you've got to say, well, why? But, I mean, 
No, I wouldn't have expected any changes. So go back to the Argentine side. What can you identify in that team as to why they've got improved in, in, in leaps and bounds? Is it just a case of more international experience, more players getting that experience through the rugby championship? Yeah, I think there's that. There's the travel. Uh, they're a team that, well, the players didn't like being away from home. They love their families and, and, and depend a lot on them. And take them away, they'll get homesick pretty quick, or used to. But I think because of now the professionalism, the way it is, that uh, a lot of them are playing overseas now uh, for clubs in France or in Europe. So, yeah, they've, they've learnt a lot in the last few years. Do you think we're a, a chance moving toward now the World Cup from the way you've seen of, of other teams playing? Because they talk about how the All Blacks have been caught up by the rest of the pack and, and maybe even passed. What, what do you see? We're still a year out from the big dance. Are you, are you confident enough that they've got the players, got the cattle, got the coaching staff to actually get a job done when it rolls around next time? Look, I think, you know, when the All Blacks get beaten, the whole world rugby side of it looks at it and say, what the hell's happened? because it doesn't happen very often. And so, yeah, the, the teams have always been looking at the All Blacks and they're always trying to catch up. And then when, the, you know, France had a big win last year, well, they won and so did Ireland, then Ireland came here and won. So uh, a lot of other countries were looking and saying, what's, what's happened? But now's the chance for them to start getting back, put their feet on the ground and, and uh, get stuck in and, and prove a point. Alex Wiley joining the broadcast. And of course, this weekend's not only about the first test match being played in Canterbury in quite some time. It's a celebration. Uh, it's the 40-year anniversary, isn't it, uh, from when yourself and Don Hayes and your men uh, started running amok. Uh, it was back in 1982 against Wellington, was it? That uh, wonderful time with the Shield got up underway. Brings me back memories from when I was a kid watching the game. You must be pretty keen to get back in touch uh, with the boys again and look back at the uh, the halcyon days of Red and Black Grizz. Yeah, well, 40 years seems a damn long time, but then looking back, it doesn't seem that long, but uh, we've all, um, yes, it'll be great to get back together and uh, catch up. Uh, There's been a pretty good turnout, apparently, so, uh, yeah, it'll be good to to catch up and tell a few more lies. (laughs) What do you remember from that era? From my point of view, going to Lancaster Park at the ripe old age of 11, 12, 13 years of old, that I love the coke and the pies that Dad used to give me and and the fact that that, that Canterbury used to win everything. Is there anything particularly you remember from that time that really has sat with you for the last 40 years, Grizz? Oh, not really. I mean, look, it was great times. Uh, There was the players, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to say the players today don't, love a game or play for the love of the game. But uh, there was no certainly no money involved then. And so what the players did was what they wanted to achieve and played for the love of the game and try, try well, just played for the success that we, we had. And it was, uh, yeah, that was just a good point about it. Enjoyed the few beers afterwards and just carried on. And it takes me back, because obviously Lancaster Park's where I watched all my rugby as a a young man growing up. I actually have a piece of the the seats, the reserved seats from the number two stand hanging on my wall still, taking me way back to the good old days. And Grizz, one last thing before we let you go, and thanks so much for joining the program. Uh, Tara Kerbalo's just throwing the idea out there that maybe he might uh, go and play for Australia if he was asked after going through the stand-down period. How does that sit with you going from, you know, tier one to tier one on All Black, going over to the Australians, if they would pick him? Are you comfortable with that one? Well, why not? I mean, why why have players sitting on the, well, in the stand or sitting anywhere 
if uh, they're good enough to play the game and they're good enough to play for a country and, well, as I say, good enough to be there, then why shouldn't they be? And why not? And on that, we'll let you carry on with your journey uh, down south uh, from the Picton area. And I thank you, as always, for joining us here on News Talk ZB. Good on you, Chris. Okay, does. Cheers.